a democratic republic of sports. The Sportsocracy with ESPN Asheville hosts Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. Welcome into the Sportsocracy. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green are with you on a Thursday morning. Uh, the Threadbare Thursdays thing didn't last too long because it's not too threadbare today. Uh, it still can be. I mean, <laughs> I mean we got some things we got to talk about, but hey, whatever you want to talk about, let's talk about it. Absolutely. Fire us up in the comments. Anything you want to talk about today, obviously, we're going to be talking about the James Harden deal in the NBA, him now going to the Brooklyn Nets, what the fallout of that is going to be. Apparently, today is going to be a banner day in the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Jonathan Jones of CBS tweeting that out this morning. Uh, get ready, Jaguars fans. Missed it by like mm, 16 hours. Yeah, looks like Urban Meyer is going to take that job, and apparently he's been building a coaching staff already as well. We'll get into that. Among other things, including people with too much damn money wasting it on things that really aren't worth the, what they sold for. We're not talking uh, about it. Oh, I'm going to bring it up at some point. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. You know why? Because I talk louder than you do. <laughs> That's how America works now. He who talks loudest gets the final word. Gets the final word. Bob has a job again uh, in college football this time. Bill O'Brien taking the job. Hey, we've recast uh, Football Celebrity Rehab 2021. That's right. That's right. So uh, we'll get into all of it here in the Sportsocracy. Be sure to like, share, and follow us at the Sportsocracy on all of the social medias. We are live from the Wicked Weed Studios. Check them out online. Make an order today at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different and drink responsibly. Uh, All right, Jeremy, so the big news of the day yesterday broke while we were on the air on ESPN Asheville. James Harden is going to the Brooklyn Nets. And the Brooklyn Nets didn't have to give up Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think they wanted to. (laughs) I I mean, I'll be honest with you, I think they wanted to. Uh, At this point, maybe they did. At this point, maybe they wanted to give up Kyrie Irving, but there was no way that would have We've already got one train wreck. We don't need another. No, we're getting rid of headaches here. We're not taking on headaches. This is a... this is this is a good move for us, and we're gonna. I, I wish that had happened to, to such a point. I, there, there's very little in this life I would like to have seen more than the grown-up version of Rochambeau that would have been trading <laughs> Kyrie Irving for James Harden. It's like, okay, I'm gonna kick you in the balls, and then you kick me in the balls, and we'll do this until one of us pukes. Well, Houston's already done that once uh, with the John Wall Russell Westbrook. They, they've Russell done that. Westbrook right, track. they've done that twice already. Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. Yeah, but Chris Paul wasn't a kick in the nuts. Oh, uh, yeah, his contract was. His contract very much was. Uh, now, Oklahoma City, he went there where they had no talent and turned into an MVP candidate. But, right. you know, that can happen when you're the only really good player on the team. Mm-hmm. James Harden proved that to us time in and time out in Houston. Uh, uh, that's, <laughs> uh, I would debate that he was never all that great. So, you know, get mad at me. That's fine. Yeah. He's a great scorer. Uh, okay. He's a great shooter. Is he a great player? No, he's not a great player. player. No. See, because here's the thing. You don't just get his offense. Mm -hmm. It's not like hockey or, or, you know, football where, oh, you play offense and then you don't have to play defense. Right. Uh, You have to play both. And he can't and refuses to do the the latter. Yes. No one disagrees with that. But the trade overall, I mean, it was fine. They got what they, they could out of him. 
They had already I, I, I cannot the believe that there are. I have heard time and time again. This was a win for the Rockets. Really. You got four what are going to be very late ones mm-hmm. and a bunch of pick swaps that you're never going to initiate. <laughs> that will wind up being one pick swap, maybe two, and four back into the first round picks. Yes. And you might get one that's good, oh, I don't know, seven years from now when nobody in this organization is still going to be there. But you also got Because they'll all be fired. fired. Uh, if you, okay, for half a year. Sweet. Here's the thing. The Indiana Pacers are the team that came out of the best in this. Yeah. Because they t- they took an asset they were going to get nothing for and got three years of a 26-year-old good scorer in Garris LeVert. Yes. This is what, we talked about this right before it happened. This is what good small market teams do. They find young, controllable assets that, because they help facilitate this deal. Mm-hmm. That's all they did. Because Houston apparently did not want Jared Allen because they don't want anybody on their team that's above 6'9 that you know, uh, plays down low. Right. They, they, we don't do that shit. Uh, we have Boogie that likes to stand out at the three-point line. And we have Christian Wood that couldn't defend me. So, yeah, let's, let's, we want to keep doing that. No defense down low. You want something at the rim? Come get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Houston Rockets defense is the Joe Biden administration of defenses. You want something? Take it. Just have whatever the fuck you want. I hadn't done that in a while. I, that felt good. All right. James. That felt good. I want to do it again. James Harden goes to the Nets. The Nets also get a 2024 second-round pick from the Cavs. The uh, Rockets are ending up with Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and Rodon's Curix. They also get three unprotected first-round picks from Brooklyn and four pick swaps. They alternate year after year. Next year's a pick swap, then they get a pick in 2022, then on and on and on until seven years down the road. They also ended up getting a pick from Cleveland that Cleveland got from Milwaukee, so that's going to be a late round first, uh, late first round draft uh-huh. pick as well. And then the Pacers ended up with Karis LeVert and a 2023 second round pick from the Rockets. Cavaliers end up getting Torian Prince and Jared Allen. That's not a bad. That's not a bad deal for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, uh, Cle- Cleveland basically got Jared Allen just because they showed up. Like, yeah. Hey, we're here. Give us that talented big guy that you know. You, uh, nobody, apparently, nobody wants. We'll give you pick thirty in the uh, in the upcoming draft, and then, yeah, or two years from now. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This didn't end well for. I, I don't think this ended well for Houston. I, I really don't. I, all right, let, let's go through it bit by bit. Mm-hmm. So Dante Exum and Rodron Skurix. You ever watch The Price Is Right? Yeah. And the, the, the person, you know, they, they come up and they blow the money game and they let the little cliffhanger guy fall off the cliff. And they yeah, say, yeah, yeah. well, he gets a lovely b- b- pair of steak dives. Uh-huh. Don't undersell that. That's the Dante Exum <laughs> Roadrun Scurrying side of this. <laughs> they are the lovely set of steak dives that you get for screwing all this shit up. Mm-hmm. No, the Rockets shit the bed on this in the offseason. Yeah, when, when, they was- offer, when you were offered, it, and I don't know that this happened, I know that Philadelphia was in on Harden as of yesterday. I know that for a fact. That's not a thought. I'm not spitballing here. I can tell you definitively they, they were in. Yes. What I cannot tell you is what they offered. If Ben Simmons was ever offered at any point and you didn't take that, you're dumb. And mm-hmm. you got what you deserved. Mm-hmm. If they offered Spencer Dinwiddie at any point from Brooklyn, you didn't take that, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. And you got what you deserved. Mm-hmm. Because you, you got half a season of Victor Oladipo where you're going to be awful. 
Wasn't that the rumor, though, that Brooklyn initially was offering Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and three ones? And Jared Allen. They had to do all that to make the money work. It would have been Torian Prince, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Which, uh, let me break this down for you. That's better than every one of those yeah. pieces is better than any one of those draft picks will be. Yes. All of them. Yes. Yeah. So if that was offered and you turned it down, you should have been fired immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, if you remember, I said that a month ago. Yeah, we talked about that. How that was the deal. They needed to take it right yes. away. Yes. If that's the deal, you should have taken it immediately. And if it was ever offered and they didn't take it, they screwed up. Because I don't feel was... like it was ever offered. I feel like uh, there Maybe. were a bunch of people sitting around with the ESPN trade machine going, look, this works. <laughs> it turned green. Look, it turned green. Because there's not a GM with, a, with an IQ above salad dressing that would have looked at that and gone, nope. That's not worth James Harden. Right. That massive fat pain in the ass that you know showed up to camp looking like Mark Henry. Right. Yeah. That, uh, no. Uh, we can't. We, we can't trade him for that. Man. We can't trade him for that. If Love you it. did do that, I hope you got fired immediately. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. There was th- this was nothing about the Brooklyn Nets initiating this move to make it happen. You know. Oh, I've seen a lot of the. Oh, the Knicks ma- or the Nets made a big move here. Well, I mean, I get that in the end they ended up with you know, a former MVP candidate on their team, but it wasn't them that made the move. It was it was James Harden that made the move. I mean, when he found out that he was stuck in Houston and he started showing up to practice and fighting with teammates and what was it you were telling me this morning that he, it was quite obvious that he was just throwing I've his been hearing. I mean, I've been hearing shit out of Houston for weeks. That yeah. One of these, there was a time where a beat writer in the state of Texas told me there's a high probability that Boogie Cousins is going to beat the shit out of James Harden. <laughs> like, they're having to be kept away from each other. Right. That's how bad this is. And I got news right. for you. If we were building a uh, Street Fighter NBA team, Boogie Cousins would be a very high lottery pick. Yeah. Yes. Because there are not many dudes in the NBA that I look at and go, you'd beat the crap out of somebody if given the opportunity. Boogie Cousins is one of them. Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell's another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's always been the most imposing, threatening player I've ever seen yeah. in college or in the NBA. I'm I mean, not all time, but I'm saying in this modern NBA. Head coach of that team, Jason Williams. Moving on. Because if we had... <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa! Because I was going to say, if we had a Whoa. fight... If we had an all-time fight to the death among amongst basketball players... It's hard not to go with Dennis Rodman because he, he was so crazy. He, it, there's right. no telling what he would do. So Adam Black said something in the comments that that I was I was getting to, but since he said it, I want to get to it right now. Okay. Uh, and, and Brian, I, there you go. This doesn't make Brooklyn the best team in the East. I, I don't know who, what, in what mythical world that people have been playing NBA 2K too often. Let me let me let me ask you a theoretical question. If they play Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. What player from Milwaukee doesn't get anything they want? Just anything. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo would beat this team on a nightly basis by 30 points. Really? Straight up. Who's going to defend anybody I just said? You do realize now that they have to play DeAndre Jordan as the fifth starter. Yes. They have to. And he's 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he's like 32, 33 years old. He's a 33-year-old man in a 78-year-old man's body. Uh, he aged like milk, and now he has to be the fifth starter because you have to play somebody that can play defense mm-hmm. because now the rest of these guys can. Kyrie Irving is the worst defender in the NBA. He's the James. He is what everybody portrays James Harden to be. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And Harden ain't far off of it. But James Harden is actually a better defender than Kyrie Irving is. Going to level you? Kevin Durant ain't that great either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all right, what are you going to do? This is going to be like the, the uh, Don Coriel of the NBA. We're just going to score more points than you. Well, eventually they have to miss. And if NC State taught us anything last night, when the other team doesn't miss, you get smoked. Yep, go online right now and check out iskevinkeatsawinner.com. No. <laughs> no, he is not. Lost to my fighting Florida State. 105-73. to 73. I, I turned it on to see the end of that ball game, and I went, what is happening? Florida State was shooting 84% from the floor at one point with about three minutes to go in the first half. Mm-hmm. They wound up shooting 71% and 65% from three. That's a good day. Mm-hmm. Back to what we were talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say that this is the best team in the East. This will be the team that represents them in the Eastern Conference Finals. If they can figure it out, I mean, they, obviously there's going to be a lot that has to go into making this work, but talent alone, in my opinion, should be enough to get them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't buy the Milwaukee Bucks. I never have. They always find a way to lose in the playoffs, and I think this team can get it done. I'll level with you. They're not the second best team in the East. What? They're not the second best team in the East. They're you not. can't defend anybody. You can't win ever. We've already learned this. We've done this. The Houston, the, the Houston Rockets, the Phoenix Suns. How many teams have gone, we're just going to outscore you? And for some reason, I don't know why this is, but they all seem to be affiliated with Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. He's an assistant for the Nets. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm telling you, the Miami Heat would beat this team. Straight up. Who stops Bam Adebayo? How does he not have 35 points a night and 20 rebounds? Mm-hmm. Who? Who stops him? DeAndre Jordan, he'll get in foul trouble in four minutes. And you're so thin that any night you get in foul trouble, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Screwed. Because you don't have anybody else to play. Well, it's fine. And here's what nobody's going to talk about. Joe Harris is a bad defender, too. Jeff Green's net neutral maybe used a hair to the positive. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you have. I, I mean, so you so you think you're going to sit here and run up and down the floor with six guys? Okay, good luck. Mm-hmm. And you're going to wind up with some vet, got vet minimum guys at the deadline? Cool. I'll still take Miami. I'll still take Milwaukee. I'll take them all day. And guess what? I'd probably take Philadelphia too. Really? Because I have no idea how you're going to stop anybody with any size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to stop Joel Embiid with DeAndre Jordan. Sweet. Let's see how that goes. That's the idea. But it's kind of the Golden State idea. Just shoot over the top of them. But, and, and I'm so tired of that comparison. I am. I'm tired of that comparison. Okay. Clay Thompson plus defender. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green, fantastic plus defender. Not mm-hmm. as good as he used to be, but still good. Right. I, I, this is not the same. And they had guys like Kevon Looney, and you know, now it's Eric Pascal. But they had guys back in the day that were good role players. Mm-hmm. And that's have none of that. None of it. They have Timothy Luwawu Cabaret. Who wins the trophy of having the longest name in the history of the NBA. (laughs) And it's really hard for me to say. I'm I'm just telling you, this is one of those trades that people that don't watch the NBA are going to lose their mind and go, oh, look, they have James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Do they get to play with two balls? Is that a new thing? Is that a new NBA rule? We let the Nets play with two balls? Mm -hmm. Cool. Going to be a problem. Because guess what? You have two guys that are really bad off the ball. Kyrie Irving and James Harden have historically been a third of the player that they that you think they are when they play off the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one of them can play on it at any given time. So you can stagger their minutes all well and good. That, I mean, that's fine. You can have Kyrie and, and James Harden on the floor for the fir- for the, the opening four, the end four of both halves, and they're on the floor for 16 minutes apiece. Mm-hmm. It'll be the worst defensive team in NBA history. 
Their defense, their defensive efficiency rating will be. Uh, you, you almost won't believe it's real when you see it. That's how bad this will be together. Mm-hmm. Now I know you did you you downed the Rockets team last year, and obviously I didn't think they were a championship contender. But if they'd have had Kevin Durant, I would I would have believed in that team a lot more. And I see Who? if the Rockets last year had had, had Kevin Durant. I would have believed in them, in them a lot more than I did. When We've they already had done Harden, that. Russell Westbrook. We've already done that. It was Oklahoma City, and they were younger and better. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. You know why it didn't work? Because there's only one ball. James Harden had to come out, had to come off the damn bench. That's the only way they got to a fight. Everybody's like, well, they got to well, finals together. The, he wasn't the star then, though. Uh, he was still the same scorer he is right now. Okay. The only thing is he didn't have the, the level of opportunities. He was the highest efficiency sixth man in NBA history at one time. Yep. That's why that worked. You throw them all three out there together, problem. Because none of them play any defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is the, the NBA has two sides. There's two goals for a reason. Uh, we're not sitting here playing 21. Every time I score, you don't get the ball back. That's not how this works. Right. So we're going to talk about this like, oh, it's a big deal. And it's going to be a train wreck. And I'm here for it. And here's the thing nobody's going to talk about. You already have issues with Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving. They're already there. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's not hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason he's not here. And that's from people real close to him. We've, we've opined, why, why could he not be here? And it's not like I talked to him, but there are people close to him that said he wasn't cool with the Steve Nash hire. He wanted say on it. And now he's, he's butthurt in his little feelings over it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So now you have two malcontents and Kevin Durant. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I can also see Kevin Durant getting very angry with this situation. And, see, and, I, and I disagree with you. Durant's the one thing. That he's the one constant. Because Durant has shown he, has shown he can be differential. Mm-hmm. The other two haven't. The other two are malcontent headaches. So now, I mean, I'm, this is the, the, the quintessential Rochambeau. If you please Kyrie Irving, it's going to piss off James Harden. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. And somebody in the comments, I saw it earlier, said... Uh, Adam Black, anytime you do this big three, one of them always drops off. Well, here's the thing. You can't have that. Right. One of them can't drop off. And, and I agree with you. That's exactly how this is going to go. You can't have it happen. Because if you can't outscore teams, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. I think they will be able to outscore most of the teams they play. It's going to be tough. You, like you said, they are, they are going to get killed on the inside. But I think they'll be able to score enough in this modern NBA to be able to keep up with them. They're going to get killed any way you want to kill them. And we've done this. I mean, we've. It would be one thing if we hadn't already read this book. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns tried to do this exact same thing. Eight seconds to get a shot off with Steve, Na- and that's the part of this that makes me laugh. So with Steve, Steve Nash, Nash yeah. and Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Uh, guess what? How many? T- how many titles they win? None. Oh, okay. Zero. Yeah, it's just the same amount that we did. So cool. And that's how I feel about this Brooklyn thing. Okay. Oh, the the Nets are the winner. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're actually the big loser in this. The winner is the Indiana Pacers. The Rockets are, uh, I mean, for me, you got rid of James Harden, good. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's, that made you a winner just that uh, Fat Albert's out of town now. But yeah. with this, you have enough capital to be able to do a massive rebuild. Because you're going to have your picks, which are going to be which high in the good. draft. And then you're going to be able to, you know, as long as you can scout and pick the right guys at the bottom of the draft, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, you're going to have three picks in this, in this upcoming draft. So, and this is a good draft. You'll be able to move. I'm, but I'm telling you, those picks in the 20s don't mean shit. Yeah. They don't. They have no I mean, they, picks in the, in the back end of the first round in the NBA just don't matter that much. They're yeah. in the G League. 
I, I mean, they want, yeah, they, they wound up being guys like, uh, uh, I can't remember his first name for some reason, uh, Cabin Golly from Florida State. Mm, yeah. It's a guy that we loved. We all loved. Mm-hmm. Dikimi Matumbo's nephew, all these things. You know, they just declined the third-year option on him. Did they really? Yeah. The only player in the first round of, of the draft two years ago that had his option declined. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to these guys. They come in, they're meh. Eh. I've always said high second round picks are worth more than back end of the first round picks. Yeah. But they are. Guaranteed. Because those guys wind up being Terrence Mann, and uh, the end of the first round picks end up being Kevin Galley. Right. Terrence Mann's in the rotation, Kevin Galley's in the G League. Yeah. So, it, it, to me, we're overvaluing the picks. Second rounders are typically going to be more like juniors and seniors that have played. Well, and, there, and there's more to that because yeah. there's not they're non guaranteed contracts. They can sign two way deals. They can do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, this was just yeah. the one team I looked at and went, "You did well." It was Indiana because you're a small market team that took an asset that was going to leave for nothing because you had two alternatives with Oladipo. Mm-hmm. He was either going to get hurt again and not be worth what he was making right now, or he was going to be really good and wind up getting a borderline max deal. Because all of the free agents we thought were going to be out there this year, uh, they're all gone now. Yeah, right. no Giannis, no Bam Adebayo, no any of those things. Mm-hmm. So somebody's going to end up giving Oladipo a big deal. If it's the Rockets, I'm going to laugh at this even harder. There, right. there, there is also another side to this. Um, if Kyrie Irving doesn't come back, if he decides to just call it quits, then this will go down as probably the worst trade in NBA history. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think this move was made out of a fear of that happening? No. I think they talked to Kyrie Irving and they know he's coming back. Mm-hmm. You don't do this deal if you don't think I he's think. coming back. Yeah. That's what I think. Because, I, because Harden and Kevin Durant with Joe Harris and Chris Cheese is a five seed in the East. That's a four or five seed in the East. Yes. And your picks wind up being in the late teens as opposed to the late 20s. Mm-hmm. And then you've made a boo-boo, just like you did eight years ago. <laughs> now, the team chemistry might be better if Kyrie Irving doesn't come back. Yeah. They might play better t- together they if Kyrie Irving's not the there more. to muck up the situation. But now that you've done the deal, you've gotten rid of your down-low talent, and, yeah, you're, you're in a bad spot. I mean, they're, it's, it's going to be a big gamble, but I think this does make them one of the favorites in the East. I don't, mm-hmm. and I'll bet anything you want to. What seed are they? Three. Is that not a contender? Mm, no, when you get to the playoffs. You didn't go in last year thinking Boston was the, weren't they the three last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you go in thinking they weren't a contender? I mean, okay, that helmet's black and that one's white. So uh, do you not think that one's hard to keep clean and that one is? It's basically what you was asking. They're two completely different teams. Boston had legitimate pieces, was really deep. And you know why they were really deep? Because they fleeced the Nets in the same fashion about 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how they wound up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Very true. Very true. They're two completely different teams. You're asking, mm-hmm. you got to give me a comp to a comp here. This is a team that just flat out thinks they can outscore you. Mm-hmm. I can give you 100 examples of where that does not work. Doesn't. You can't, anybody, nobody plays defense in the NBA. You're not wrong, but in the playoffs, everything gets tighter. Mm-hmm. And if you can't defend at all, you have no shot. Right. This team cannot defend at all. Right. Defense was a big thing that got Miami to the finals last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, all right, so let's go the Miami route. Who defends Tyler Hero? Who defends – better question, who defends Jimmy Butler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is going to abuse one of these guys. 
And I don't really give a damn which one it is. Yeah. Who stops yeah. anybody? I mean, I mean, it would be a joke. Mm-hmm. This is like this is what happens when GMs play too much NBA 2K. <laughs> like, look, I can shoot from anywhere. You think that's what he was doing? Uh, no, it. I think you're the Nets and you've been irrelevant and you're chasing being relevant. Right. Stephen A. Smith just said there's never been a New York team with this much talent in the NBA. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah. Not going to mean shit. It's not the best team. Mm-hmm. I would argue the Knicks teams in the mid-90s were better than this. Way better. First of all, because they just beat them. Piss right out of yeah. you. Right. <laughs> I might leave you in an alley back behind yeah. the behind the garden. Go free layups, Ron. Yeah, but this day and age, uh, they, none of those players would have made it through the first five minutes of the game. Uh, they'd all been in foul trouble immediately. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, they, didn't, but they didn't play in this day and age. So. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I mean, I understand that. But that's that's kind of my point. Is that I think this can work to a point in today's NBA. Is it going to win a title? No, I don't think so. But I think it could be enough to be scary in the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll not be shocked to see them wind up there. I will be super shocked, though, to actually see it work. <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to be hard to get all of those personalities on the same wavelength. I, I want to comment. Uh, Chuck said something on our YouTube uh, stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, and if you have YouTube Premium, you can just set it on your phone and walk away. And you just hear us, you come back and see us whenever you want to. So check us out on YouTube at The Sportsocracy. Chuck said, this is why I don't watch the NBA anymore, because stars have so much power. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. That's universal. And it's everywhere. The NBA just so happens to have one great big problem that the NFL doesn't have. When you sign these deals, you can't get out of them. There, there's, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can run the stretch provision. Cool. So we're going to stretch $30 million a year across for five years. Sweet. That, that just makes you irrelevant for half a decade. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, star players do have a lot of say. They get to a point of they can do damn near anything they want to. Mm-hmm. And that's how James Harden forced his way out. Now, J- now, Harden did it in a way that was, here's what you're not going to hear anybody but me say today. James Harden's been a fucking disaster all year long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been hard to watch. There are times that it looks like he, if, if you threw the ball to him, I don't think he'd put his hands up. Now, this is a guy who was averaging 30-some-odd points a game. He's at 17.9 right now. He he tried, He forced his way out mm-hmm. as hard as anybody I've ever seen in my life in any sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gets rewarded for it. I don't, know that, this is a, I don't know that this is a reward. Really? Come on. He This is where he wanted to be. This was, to Brooklyn? this was the trio <laughs> that... The, I have. Okay. What's wrong with Brooklyn? It's not Houston. Uh, it's cold. You live in a place... You're... Nice houses up there are about as big as this room. Uh, I, I like Houston a lot. I would, and there's uh, no state tax in Texas, and uh-huh. there is, and there's uh, a, a lot, large, a lot in New York, York. large state tax in New York. Yeah, so, but you're also at the center of the world. Are you though? Yeah, you're going to be on television a lot. I mean, that's the number one media market in the country, and mm-hmm. they're going to talk about you more, probably for good things rather than bad things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I disagree with you. I think this is going to be a train wreck. I, I firmly believe this is going to be a train wreck. Yeah. First of all, these guys have, you got to understand the Kyrie Irving element of this, he's never played with Harden and Durant. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. And you're doing it for a coach that's learning on the job. Yeah. Sweet. This will end wonderfully. But that's why they got DNA. But they got a lot, yeah, right. They got a lot of experience around Steve Nash. So there's, you know, he's he's insulated himself from some of that 
rookie coach speak, right? The fact that he has um, experience on his staff, that helps, right? I mean, it doesn't hurt, but it's, at the end of the day, you're still the head coach. Mm-hmm. You're not commanding Greg Popovich level respect, which, by the way, that's why Kyrie Irving's not with the team right now. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. If, if Greg Popovich or Eric Spolstra or even Mike Budenholzer was the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, you think Kyrie Irving would be in the building right now? Oh, yeah. Because I do. I 100% do. Or he'd yeah. be gone. And so now you've already shown that you do not have control of this team, which is why one of your star players is, you know, partying with Drake or some shit, mm-hmm. of which I, I don't understand the allure of Drake, but, you know, more power to you. And now you just brought in another malcontent that basically just got affirmed that me pouting and, and being a petulant little bitch will get me what I want. Right. That's going to that's gonna end well. I Currently, I look at the Brooklyn Nets like I look at that, that mother that's in line with her three kids. And they're screaming their heads off. Good. And she's just giving them candy to shut them up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how you do that. That's a good call. <laughs> you should keep doing that. That's actually, that's that's not at all why this is happening. Right. True story. Way more strip clubs in the New York area than in Oh, New yeah. <laughs> oh, you know who the big winners are? Strip clubs in New York City. Because you've just got Big Baller Harden showing up. Uh-huh. I, I, I do wonder if strip clubs in Houston will be flying his uh, jersey at half mast for the next oh. week. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're doing it. Yep, probably so. I bet they named a pole after him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of them are carrying around his baby in there. <laughs> oh man, that went that, that went that, to yeah. a strange place. Yeah, that went to a place I wasn't ready to go. Uh, <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be the it's gonna be the number one story of the rest of the NBA season, that's for sure. There will never be more eyeballs on the Brooklyn Nets than there will be now, especially when Kyrie Irving comes back in that building, and that means that comes with a lot of pressure. That comes with a lot of people like me saying, "Now you're expected to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're expected. Uh, hell, a lot of people are expecting them to win it all." I don't understand I'm that. Not one of them. I, I'm not in there. No. Oh, let's, uh, just, I think competing for the Eastern Conference title was the goal here. Just for shits and giggles. Let's just let's let's play a fun game of what if. Mm-hmm. Let's say they do come out of the East. How do you think that's going to fare against LeBron James and Anthony? Oh, it's not. Destroy him. That'll be sweet. I have routinely. What is my favorite line about teams in pro sports? Either be good. Oh yeah, yeah. Or bad. Or be god awful. The Nets are now me to me. Me, me. You have two of the most overrated players in the NBA on your team at one time. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get a lot of kudos and slaps on the back from me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you turn this thing into a title contender, but I think if you can make all that talent work together, you might be a year away. You're not a year away. Uh, every passing year, your ability to contend gets less and less. I don't know, depending on who you can put around them after this is done. After this season has passed, what you can build around them. What, then, that's, that's the point you're not understanding. What are you going to put around them? You have three max players. Mm-hmm. You, you do understand how the NBA salary cap works, right? Yes. Like every player you bring in is five times more expensive than what you're paying them because of the tax. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the, the ownership of the Nets has more money than God. 
at some point that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And you just tied yourself to it for for minimum two years. Because yep. Durant does have a team op- or has a player option after next year. Mm-hmm. Not like he's going to enact it. Which I think is And if he does, you're just going to resign him. Which which I see this blowing up in three or four years. It's not going to last any longer than that. And then that means that those draft picks that they just sent, those pick swaps in, what is it, 25 and 27? Those are the ones that I'm looking at going, those could be the linchpin that makes this deal kind of worth it. I'm not. After those three leave, what usually happens to a team? Here's the they thing. They tank out. Do you think Houston's going to be overly good? So here's the thing with a pick swap. Depends you have to see your pick two. That's, that's what nobody seems to understand is, oh, they could pick swap picks with them. Okay, that means Houston would have to be good. They might I, be how, how are they going to happen? You're tied to John Wall for three more years. Mm-hmm. They might be mediocre at that point. I disagree. With young I think this team will be draft. bad for an extended period of time. You're, try, you're tied to Christian Wood. You're tied to John Wall. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to lose Oladipo probably for nothing. Or you could actually be even dumber and give him a huge deal to keep him around because you have, have his bird rights. And then you're completely irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think picking up the assets was the best move that they could have made because they already made the bad decision not to trade him in the offseason. Yeah. And this is, this is where you're at. You failed. In the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, it could be a monumental day for them. Uh, like I said at the top of the program, CBS reporter Jonathan Jones tweeting out this morning, Good morning, Jags fans. It should be a momentous day in franchise history. All the reports are that Urban Meyer uh, is in advanced talks with the Jacksonville Jaguars to take the head coaching job, which will also... He's going to be the GM too, right? No, Isn't Trent Baalke would be the GM. Okay. But he'll have which that's a lot we've of already power. seen that go well once. <laughs> that ended nicely in San Francisco, didn't it? <laughs> Remind me, Trent Balky. Yeah, he was the GM in San Francisco okay. with Harbaugh. Okay, uh, one had to go, <laughs> right. and then the other one left. Okay. I thought you were talking about the guy from Perfect Strangers. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> What the fuck is Perfect Strangers? <laughs> it's a show you're too you, you're too young for. And Balky from Balky. They're exactly, exactly. Jacksonville Jaguars, though. Urban Meyer taking over, getting a lot of power, and there's a report that he's already been putting his coaching staff together, that this is how far the talks have gotten, and he's looking to create kind of a college all-stars coaching staff of, well, I'll put all-stars, uh, <laughs> with... Former Texas coach Charlie Strong, who the last time we saw him wasn't wasn't too swift. Um, Chris Ash, the former Rutgers head coach, and uh, former Colorado State head coach Steve Adazio. What do you think about that coaching staff? It's a college staff in the NFL. We did this one time before. Remember the old ball coach? Well, five and eleven, not too good. I, I, it's just comical to me. Like, this whole thing's funny as hell to me. Yeah. And, and, I, and there's part of me that thinks Trevor Lawrence is sitting here going, please, God, don't draft me. Like, for the love of God, just take Justin Fields. You're an Ohio State guy, and you know he's going to do that. This is how college coaches work. They wind up with players that they know. 
if you don't believe me, look at Chip Kelly's roster in Philadelphia. Right. And Steve Spurrier's roster in Washington. Right. And on and on and on down the line. Matt Rule's roster in Carolina. Yeah, he's got about 43 Baylor, team, Baylor, players, on, Baylor players on his team. Okay. Greg Schiano, when he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we had like eight Rutgers players. Yeah. And there were only nine Rutgers players in the entire league. Yeah. This is bad. News Name me the college coach that's been good in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's the only. Pete Carroll's the only one I can. But here's the thing: Pete Carroll was an NFL guy that went yeah. to college. That's mm-hmm. but that's a bullshit analogy, and it drives me nuts. Pete Carroll doesn't count. He'd had two NFL head coaching jobs before he went to college. Right. That's not how. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about guys that have been in college that are fifty some odd years old now mm-hmm. that have never coached a second in the NFL. Right. And now you're gonna bring them all, and we're gonna do this to kind of hell run the veer. Fuck it. Let's go Lou Holtz. Let's give him a fight song. Yeah. <laughs> God, I got pissed off talking you about You're going to break that one, too. Nope, this one's more resilient. Yeah. The, the, the ding from your yesterday's radio show is like, Bruh. Yeah, the, the bell in the ESPN studio is, uh, it's been through some shit. It's a little worse for the wear. That's because old ham hands over here just like, Cups. Yeah, well, look, just, that's because it's a lot more authoritative the way I do it than going. It doesn't. I want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Again, okay. why I think we need to get you a boxing bell. Yeah! Ding! Yeah, uh, Jimmy Johnson's the answer. Adam Black got it right in the comments. Yeah. That's, that's the one. Yeah. You know, and people will say, well, Jim Harbaugh was good. Jim Harbaugh played in the NFL for a bajillion years. He was a pro coach that wound up in college. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, he started in college. Whoopie, he'd been there for an hour. He was at San Diego for two years. He was at Stanford for three or something in that realm. I can't yeah, right. quite confirm that's exactly what it was. Yeah. But he was like 45 years old when he took the, the 49ers job. Mm-hmm. He's a college. He's an NFL coach that just so happened to be in college. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson started in college. I don't remember exactly what he had done before that. But, I mean, think of the true, honest-to-God college guys. Shiano had coached in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't even include him, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. The Chip Kelly, Steve Spurriers of the world. Lifelong college coaches that come to the NFL. And you know what You know what? pro, pro players look at those guys and think? You're not a – you don't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't belong here. You're not the le- – you tell me what player is going to look at Urban Meyer standing across from, oh, I don't know, let's go Frank Wright. Okay. And go, we're going, and not think we're going to get outclassed from the top down today. This is a team of their division. I didn't even go Belichick, Andy Reid, you know, the high-level coaches in the NFL. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just a joke. It's, it's, it's the most Jacksonville Jaguar thing that could happen. And if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I, I have said this, and I will continue to say it. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, I look at this team and go, I want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Not only are you a small market team, you're a small market team with a crazy lunatic owner, no fan base, and you're running to the ground. I don't want shit to do with this. Yeah, this looks like a G League team rebuild to me. I mean, it's you're going out and you're getting college coaches to, you know, it's it's like, what it, what are we building here? The feeder program for the rest of the NFL? Pretty much. Actually, no. We're just maintaining it because that's actually what the Jacksonville Jaguars have kind of been. Yeah. The, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the feeder program for the rest of the NFL. Yeah, that's Because as soon as they develop a player, he winds up somewhere else because he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville. Right. <laughs> here, here's the... 
So I, I said yesterday I, that I had been told Urban Meyer was making a decision yesterday. Mm -hmm. What if he says no? If he says no, now then what? every reporter is wrong because everybody says this is on the verge of okay. I, that's not what I asked. What I asked was, what if he says no? If he says no, where do you go now? That's a good question. Because who want who really wants this job? Who's not going to watch this and go, well, that's a damn circus. Mm -hmm. You have basically poured all of your assets into a wagon and pushed them to a guy who has coached as many plays in the NFL as I have. <laughs> yep. You think one of these high-level candidates is going to look at that and go, yeah, I want to do that. Let's do that. That'll be fun. Nope. There will be one, though. I mean, at some point, any head coaching experience is better than no head coaching experience. Well, I mean, we've seen time and time again. Well, I'm not once saying you get into the club, the fucking I mean, it's like, I it's, mean like, it's like getting into a golf club. Once you're into the club, you're going to be recycled over and over and over again. That's why we keep having all of these discussions about guys like Jim Caldwell, Jack Del Rio, Marvin Lewis. Jack, nobody's talking about guys. Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio didn't even keep his coordinator job. So. No, but no, but that, but he was in this club at one point. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And you can get retread and get more interviews for next for the jobs the next time. Yeah, notice that none of those job. are none of those are the college guys that I'm talking about. No, they're not. But that's, that's what I'm saying. If the if if Urban says no, then somebody's going to step up and take that job. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to wind up with the with the trash guy coaching the team. That's not the <laughs> point. What I'm saying is, what high level candidate looks at this and goes, "Yeah, that's a well run franchise. Yeah, I want to tie myself to that." You think Eric Bieniemy looks at that team and goes, "Yeah, let's do that." I feel very good about the the leadership involved in that team. No, no. I mean, the but you're starting at the top of the list. See, they've already they they've already eliminated the top of the list by going with the Urban Meyer route. It's almost like you know you missed out on that train. You're not getting one of the high level candidates. You're going to have to start at like ten, and then go down the list from there with the number one pick and more money than God. Yeah, that's brilliant. So you've tied yourself. You have literally become so beholden to a college coach that if he says no, I literally couldn't even tell you where they go because they believe it's good for marketing. That's what that, to me. That's what this screams. I disagree with you. It's more. Jacksonville, Florida, and they're thinking we can market this team if Urban Meyer is the leader. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. No NFL team's worried about what's good for marketing. They all make billions of dollars. This is not a marketing thing. This is Shad Khan looking at Urban Meyer going, this is the best we can do. It's the best we can do. Notice that none of the other, the high-level jobs, none of them are interested in Urban Meyer. Mm -hmm. The Chargers thing's bullshit. Okay. I've literally been chasing that rabbit down a hole for a day. And you know where it led me? Nowhere. Because it's not true. Maybe they said something in the room and said, hey, maybe we should call Urban Meyer. And then they went, yeah, I'll get right on that. And he went and took a poop. And <laughs> nothing else happened. I mean, but... Sure. Look, have you seen the list of guys that they've actually confirmed, interviewed? They've interviewed four guys. Do you know who they are? No. Robert Salah, mm -hmm. who's either taking the Jets job or one other job that I have yet to confirm. Okay. Uh, allegedly, they wanted to talk to Arthur Smith, and they haven't. Uh, got news for you. Not going to have a shot to. Mm -hmm. Arthur Smith's either taking the Falcons job or the Jets job. The Jets are the furthest along in the search, I, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I know two definitive finalists for the Jets. I don't know, you know and I know two definitive finalists for the Falcons. Mm -hmm. Did you see that story yesterday? No. The Falcons came out with their finalists. They have two. 
Okay. So, so you can see it's obviously the only thing they are. Arthur Smith's one. Okay. Care to take a guess who the other one is? Is it Raheem Morris? Nope. Marvin Lewis? Nope. So the guy I told you from Jump Street was getting a job in this cycle. It's not coming to me. Joe Brady. Joe. Joe Brady. All right. That's their two finalists. Okay. I think it ends up being, I struggle to believe Joe Brady's going to take that job. And I struggle why? to, why do I, why? Because he's got such a. Because it's the worst job in the NFL, not in Houston, Texas. Okay. What's the positive? Tell me what the net positive is for a 34-year-old head coach. Because I'm telling you, if you go into one of these jobs and you absolutely typhoon, you never get another one. Yeah. Where, where's the positive? You got a 36-year-old quarterback that's heavily paid and you're locked into for the next 400 years. Mm -hmm. You got a star receiver that's making a buku of money, never healthy. You don't have a running back on the team and your defense is a joke. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why either one of those guys would want that job personally. Okay. But obviously, if that's the two finalists, one of them's going to take it. Yeah. But, but where I was headed with this, the candidates that the Jaguars have actually physically talked to mm -hmm. are Eric Bieniemy, Robert Salah, Urban Meyer. Bieniemy's not taking this job. I've said that from Jump Street. He is not taking this job. Mm -hmm. Salah will have another job before Urban Meyer shits or gets off the pot. <laughs> they have a fourth candidate that they've actually interviewed. Okay. Who would be the worst hire possible? Take out the two retreads. It's not Caldwell. It's not uh, Marvin Lewis. Freddie Kitchens. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Hillbilly, Hillbilly hand fishing is a little, that's a little bit different. <laughs> I'm talking about in terms of the ones that we know have actually interviewed. Who's the one you look at and go, nobody's going to hire him? I don't know. You just said his name. Did I? Tell me who it is. He, Raheem Morris. Oh, okay. That's the four candidates they've interviewed. All right. So if Urban Meyer says no, the Jaguars are going to be sitting here with a with a pot and there's nothing in it. There's, it's empty. Here's here's something though. Like Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback recruit coming out of college in how long? Last ten years. Since Andrew Trevor Lawrence is John Elway. Okay, so he's better than what? Okay. So any coach that's going in there is getting a generational talent quarterback who can win games. Right? That's a that's a rookie, and you have nothing around him, and you have a front office that would scare the hell out of me. And you're in a place that every star has left. Every single one. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's fantastic that you have the number one pick, and that's the reason that people are fielding the phone call. Did you see what happened to Joe Burrow this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're, you're in virtually the same boat. Yeah, he's going to get killed. I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing here. So, I mean, why do you think the guys like Arthur Smith didn't take the phone call? Because they know. I'm not taking this job. Mm -hmm. Ryan Day said, I'm not leaving Ohio State for this. The guy that you could get is the out-of-work college coach. That's who looked at your job and went, yeah, hell. Who's, who's on a short list of great college coaches? I mean, you, you you talk like Urban Meyer, like he has no experience whatsoever. I mean, he I has get no it's experience all in, in the, the NFL. NFL. I, know it's all, I know he doesn't have any in the NFL, but... He still has coaching experience, and it's not like... And it's apples and fucking oranges. Okay. That's the reason every coach that's going college to the pros has been a disaster. Mm -hmm. I mean, th this is not that hard to figure out. This is not as good a job as people think it is. 
Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence thing is the reason anybody answers the phone. But you got a lunatic owner in a shitty little city that has no fan base. Mm -hmm. That has no fan base. They have the, the marketing. Uh, the, I, I don't care how you fucking market. They've been talking about moving to London. Right. I don't care how you market this. You've pissed off the whole fan base. That's what I'm saying, though. You've, what you've, taken, you a, you've taken a guy who is beloved in the state of Florida and because he won national championships at Florida, I don't see how you don't see this as a partial marketing ploy. Because the NFL doesn't have to have marketing ploys. Okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars do. No, they don't. Okay. They still make billions of dollars. They mm -hmm. print money. I get it. You don't have to but have they it. don't print as much money as the other teams. And you said they don't have a fan base. This is a That's way to get people excited this. about your fan base. No, Trevor Lawrence is a way to get people excited about your, uh, about your fan base. Yeah, and the coach has a role in that as well. Not really. Okay. Nobody gets... Uh, tell me the coach that somebody gets excited about. Like, oh, we hired this guy. We're, uh, tell me the last time that happened. That a team hired a coach and all of a sudden the fan base went... Oh, well, 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 skin my cats. I got to get to the stadium because we hired Peckerwood Smith as our new coach. <laughs> Peckerwood Smith. I mean, name it. You tell me the last time that happened. The last time a fan base went, yes, look what we did. Crickets. Because they're not one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alex Sanders said the one that I actually, that was the one I was leaning into. Mike, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. How long did that last? An no. hour? Did it last mm -hmm. about an hour? Mm -hmm. Coaches don't get people excited. They don't. Bill Belichick is the, the arguably best coach in, in, in NFL history. You think Patriots are real excited? Patriots fans are real excited about him right now? They're looking at Cam Newton, who's just worthless as hell. They don't have one receiver on the whole team, and they couldn't run a greasy peg up a cat's ass. Mm -hmm. You think there's people in the stadium going, but we got Bill! Well, I gotta gotta renew my season tickets because we got Bill. It it, it and that's a guy matter. that has six fucking Super Bowl rings. It does matter. A coach does fire up the fan base until they prove Name you one. wrong. Name everyone. One as as Michael Whiteside said in the comments. Philly does it every time they hire a coach. It's the greatest you thing think Philadelphia since sliced was, bread. You, you think Philadelphia had hard winners over Doug Peterson? You don't know as many Philadelphia Eagle fans as I do, obviously, because no, they didn't. Philadelphia kills every hire that comes in. Because mm -hmm. Philadelphia would boo Jesus. They already booed Santa Claus. I had to go one step above if you're wondering why I always use that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just telling you, there's not a coach that the fan base goes, God, i got to renew my season tickets now. And it's sure as hell not a college coach. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it might happen to stupid people, and that's going to last for a year. And when he goes 4-12 and 12 next year, well, at least we've that one year. Uh, they're in Jacksonville. There are and? plenty of stupid people down there. He said that, not me. I don't even say that about Cleveland. At Sports Tank ESPN on Twitter. Dick. Yep. 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 There you uh, go. Adam Black right, said Jets fans with Adam Gase. No, we weren't. <laughs> you know what every Jet fan I know said when we hired Adam Gase? Why the what did the they do that? fuck? I think that was meant to be a joke. Oh yeah, I see the laughing face now. Sorry, it's real, real low on the screen. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, all right, the uh, what else do we got? I guess we got to talk oh, about yeah. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, he's back. 
He is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide and the uh, Nick Saban rehab program in full effect once again. Bob, back with, uh, with Nick Saban. Bob's got him a job. Good for Bob. <laughs> so, I mean, does this matter? Does he just pick up where the last guy left off like they've been doing over and over and over again? Doesn't matter who takes that job. Say it again. It doesn't matter who <laughs> takes the offensive coordinator job for Alabama. It, they're, they're going to be successful in that position. Uh, yeah, because you got Nick Saban as that coach. Right. I mean, there's different, there's varying levels of successful. I, I mean, mean, I don't think Bill O'Brien will come in and be as successful as a play caller as Steve Sarkeesian. This is the only job, I think, in all of sports where the candidate could pay Nick Saban to take this job. Will you please let me have this job? Because it's a golden ticket to another opportunity yeah. somewhere. Well, here's the thing. Bill <laughs> O'Brien next year will be a very hot commodity no matter where he was. Because mm -hmm. he was a good college coach. Because mm -hmm. he went to the NFL. He was a good NFL coach. He went to the NFL and got personnel control and he was a disaster. Yep. Yeah. There, there's a difference there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, in terms of do, do I think this is a good hire, I think that's what Nick Saban does. Mm -hmm. Nick Saban brings in guys that command respect. You know, Bill O'Brien was coaching Deshaun Watson five months ago. And so Bryce Young is going to look at Bill O'Brien and go, this guy deserves my respect. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to listen to what this guy says, and if I do, I'll probably end up in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. Right. This is why Alabama stays at the top. They have the best coach in college football history who makes the best hires in college football history because he makes, he makes it work. He makes the whole thing run, and it doesn't matter whether it's Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian or Bill O'Brien. Whoever's going to be under him is going to look fantastic. It's the perfect rehab program. They're going to get the best players, so he can, gets mm -hmm. an opportunity to coach the best players. Yep. you got the best players, most talent to deal with. you got the greatest head coach of all time ahead of you. Of and if you get in his sphere, you're safe. And you're never going to be without a job. And I think that's why his his coaching tree goes so far. Well, it's also part of the reason that you know he's a national coach. I mean, just th think about how they recruit. Mm -hmm. So now you got Bill O'Brien that was recruiting in Big Ten country. You don't think you can drop Bill O'Brien out there now? The connections that he has. I mean, I'm not saying that's the hotbed of of college recruiting, but I mean there are guys up there. Nick already dominates the Southeast. And that's what he does. Mm -hmm. He just brings in guys and goes, you know what? Here's your little role. You have to recruit this area, and you have to do this on the field. And it's compartmentalized, and it's, I mean, it runs like a top. It is unbelievable. But, I mean, it's what he does. Well, I mean, we said this was happening, what, four days ago? Yeah, you guys mm -hmm. totally called it. I do love when Nick Saban's asked about reports like this, and he says, "Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know who it'll be." Oh, the guy we said it would be. <laughs> you couldn't have just said, "Yep, yep." Just nod your head and go, "Yep." yep. You know those things you said? Yeah, you're pretty close. Is that guy? Yeah, let's, might as well just do that. Uh, Carolina Panthers fans apparently were down to the final three in the search for a GM. A day after they had it to four, apparently now it's down to three. Sources. The Panthers are playing The Bachelor. <laughs> Sources reporting that uh, Titans Director of Player Personnel Monty Ossenfort 
Also, uh, Chiefs Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Ryan Poles, and Seahawks Vice President of Football Opera Operations, Scott Fitterer, are the three finalists apparently eliminated from the list yesterday. Uh, 49ers VP of Player Personnel, Adam Peters, who was like the nepotism candidate in this. He was a guy that played for Matt Rule and for, uh, it's not Jon Snow, Eric Snow, what's his name? The defensive coordinator? Uh, I thought it was Dennis Snow, but... Dennis Snow. They, er, Phil Snow. Phil That's Snow. That's his name, Phil Snow. <laughs> we went from an actor to a basketball player. I don't know, Al Snow. <laughs> I, I mean, Eric Snow. Let's go. <laughs> Al Snow. Al Snow, we yeah. We need yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I love that guy. Uh, yeah, so did they're you down just do to a pro wrestling thing. We did yeah, pro we did. wrestling. Totally. Yeah, that was a pro wrestling. Reference. Usually, when you two agree on something and I don't understand it, it was a pro wrestling. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, down to three candidates. Uh, do you do you have a favorite or thoughts on any of these Scott guys Fiddler, for that job? I've said it was the guy from Seattle from Jump Street. Yeah, guy that's been in Seattle since 2001 has obviously yeah. been through it with the Seattle Seahawks in the build and the well, I guess the rise and the fall. See, unlike, unlike Tony Dungy and Andre Johnson, I don't necessarily think I know more than the ownership does about picking a GM. I know what I've heard about the guy. Everything yeah. I've heard about Fitterer is positive. Mm -hmm. Now, it's out of Seattle, and everything's positive. So, you know. Except Brian Schottenheimer. Not so positive about him. Yeah. <laughs> True. Couldn't quite figure that one out. We will not have an ESPN Asheville show this afternoon, sadly, because of UNC Asheville basketball. Uh, I will be in studio doing the score updates and pregame and halftime show for that. Jeremy's going to take the afternoon off. I will be at home in my underwear in a beanbag chair eating Cheetos. That's oh. my plan. Wow. And the collective agreement of everybody just threw up in their mouth. Yeah, yeah thanks for sharing. We could have gone with just, I'm going to enjoy my time off. Uh, but thanks for putting that uh, <laughs> thanks for putting that image in our heads. We will be back with you uh, on the radio side tomorrow afternoon. Though there will be uh, UNC Asheville basketball tomorrow afternoon as well. But the game will wrap up at about four o'clock, and we will be on for the full two hours to preview everything for the weekend on ESPN Asheville Friday from 4 to 6. So just a note there. We will be with you in the sportsocracy right here in the Wicked Weed studios tomorrow morning. Uh, WickedWeedBrewing.com. Don't forget to visit them online and make an order today. Order up your beer. Schedule a, uh, a, a brewery tour. They're still doing those, by the way, and all doing it socially distanced and responsible. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Drink different. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. Yeah. We'll see you in the morning.